I'm Nevada basketball's Jordan Caroline, and you listen to Pack Center. What's up, Wolfpack? Thanks for tuning in to Pack Center. I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with the statistic magician, Gary Hirschberg. If you haven't already, give us a like on our new Facebook page. Just search Pack Center. And while you're at it, follow us on Twitter at PackCenterNV. <laughs> but on to what you're really here for. In Nevada football news, Alabama recruit David Cornwell has left the building. He informed the team Tuesday that he has quit, and Garrett's got the story on that. Get yes, it? yeah. So he told the team on, we don't know when it was, but the, it was announced to the public that David Cornwell has left the team, and this came to the surprise of many. I was scrolling through my Twitter feed last night, and I see a message from a Nevada representative Chad Hartley, who's a friend, a friend of the program. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um. And we see, I read the statement, it says Nevada, that David has been released or asking for his release from the program. And this came to the shock of many, many Wolfpack fans because when David Cornwell came in, we thought he was going to be the future. We talked about this, we talked about him last week saying, oh, when is he going to start? When is he going to start? He finally saw playing time last week. And I think that with the announcement that Ty Ganji was going to be the starting quarterback this week, I think he was just like, I've had enough. I'm done. Yeah, it was definitely the last straw for Cornwell. I mean, I, and, I, and I completely understand because if I was in his position, I'd probably do the same thing. You know, you go to Alabama, you think, you think you're the best because you got picked up by a D1 school. You lose your job to a freshman there. You come to Nevada because you think you're going to get some playing time. Uh, a struggling program and a new coach. You think, you, you think you're the new era. Everyone else thinks you're the new era. You lose the starting job to the old guy in the first week, the second week. The third week comes around, you lose your job to a freshman again. Week four comes around, you play, but you... But he still lost the job but, to a freshman. But yeah, he, 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 plays, he loses the job to a freshman. The freshman sucks. He, he comes in, he takes over, and he still loses the game. And then that week in practice, he thinks that he might still have the job. He thinks that he might still be able to come back and, and get some faith in, and Ty Ganji gets back in. You know, I'd leave too. I'd be fed up with it. You know, not only uh, would I be fed up with this team, I'd be fed up with football too. And I, I hope that he's not. I hope that he goes and tries to find another team. And I hope that he continues his search for uh, a football career. But he's he's out of the building. He's he has left Nevada, and uh, I don't think he's gonna look back. Yeah, with this release, if he were if he wants to play football again. He can go to an FCS school like Idaho State, like Cal Poly, and not have to sit out a year. But if he were to try to go to another FBS school, he would have to sit out that tr- year. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what what Cornwell actually does. If is If he transfers or if he just waits out the year and comes back and joins his team next year, which is a possibility. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what the next move is for Cornwell. I'd love to sit down and talk to him and, and figure out why exactly. He, we can speculate on why he left. No one's really giving us any information about what motivated him to leave. We can assume that, yeah, it was probably because he has been the second guy his whole career and he just wants to start and it's he's not getting enough playing time and it's a waste of his time. But I want to know from Cornwell exactly what's going on. And if he comes and talks to me, I'd love that. If he comes and talks to someone else and we get to hear about it i'd love to come and report it back to you guys but right now we don't really know the the situation around cornwell all we know is that he's decided to leave um we can talk a little bit about his statistics we said that he didn't he didn't do very well last week 
uh, in his first start for Nevada. Or not his first start, his first little bit of playing time. Um, Gary, do you want to give us the stats on this one? Yeah, so at Washington State, K- uh, Casey put, started the first three series of the game, went went, up, went awful. They were down 21 nothing. That's when uh, Norvell decided to make the change, put in Cornwell. Cornwell went 13-25 for 97 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. This was the first true time he's actually seen the field in a college football game against against opponents and, like, where he actually get to, gets to throw the ball. And you look at the week heading up into practice, Casey got the, all the first-team reps, so I think it was hard for him to adjust to to that because he hasn't played he hasn't played in a while being that he was at Alabama and never got to play he sits out the first three weeks and I just think he just wasn't prepared enough you know who David Cornwell reminds me of who Alex Moran from Blue Mountain State are you talking about just based off the looks or what the looks and uh, the the quintessential backup Alex Moran wanted to be the back wanted to wanted to be the backup and he was the backup to everyone uh uh, Radon Randell, whatever his name was, came in the second year and took the starting job from him. He, he's had a similar career, but he's been wanting that Alex Moran start when he the, the backup comes in and leads that team to victory. When he starts, when he when Alex Moran started, he was good. Exactly, he was real good. And you look at David Cornwell. You think David Cornwell, like Alex Moran, used to play really well in practice, and everyone would be like, "Oh yeah, he's the guy," but would never get the start. And now you look at David Cornell, he's the same way. But except the difference between the two teams is they were good, we're not. Exactly, but and I but I still think David Cornwell has, has is going to have his Alex Moran moment in the in the spotlight, and I I'm rooting for you, dude. I think that you've got it in you. I'm just hoping that uh, someone gives you the chance. Uh, but let's let's move on from from Cornwell. You know, I I think that there's not really eno- enough information to really go in depth on this until we can actually talk to him. Um, we mentioned uh, Ty Ganji getting the starting job for this week. I think it's definitely the right move. You saw Casey struggle against Idaho State in FCS school, and then he struggled mightily against Washington State. I think that Ganji didn't look bad in his first two games, and we we, we talked about this. And so I think that we might see a more motivated Ganji come back because he's got that taste in his mouth of what it was like to get benched. And so I think that we we see a – we see Ganji come out here and play better. And one thing that was also noted was before the uh, Cornwall announces release, uh, Coach Norvell also announced that uh, Casey was going to be second on the depth chart, which would have made Cornwell third. So I think that might have also had something to do with it. Yeah, Cornwell never had a shot here, which is which is sad because coming here he thought that he was the guy. And yeah, in, in the in the spring game he looked so much better than Ty Ganji. Yeah, he looked he looked solid in the spring game. I thought he he definitely won the starting job in that game. And I thought we used to we used to talk all the time about how uh, Cornwell's the Messiah. Cornwell's gonna lead us to victory. Him and Norvell together are gonna change the face of Nevada football. And they haven't. And if they have, it's for the worst. Because I mean, Cornwell, no fault of his own. You know, he he never really had a shot. But he's gone. He he doesn't want to stay on this seeking ship anymore. But Norvell, man, you know, this quarterback controversy, this back and forth with who's the starter, who's this position, who's that, it's driving me nuts, and it must be driving the players nuts themselves. I can't imagine the psychological uh, toll this 
this am I starting, am I not, am I starting, am I not, is doing to a starting quarterback. We're going into week five, and we don't know who our starting quarterback is for the rest of the season. We don't know who to trust. We don't, And then this, the teams don't know. The wide receivers don't know. The line doesn't know. No one knows who's going to stay in the starting position. Ty Ganji will, will, might not even keep the starting job. We might see KC out there by the end of the week. We might see KC out there uh, week six. And I think Norvell is the one to blame for why we're why – we're, why we're not winning games is because he's not taking responsibility and saying, you know what, I'm going to give this guy a shot. I'm going to work on him. He's bouncing around. He doesn't really know what he's doing out there. Yeah, you're right. You mentioned the offensive line. I think the offensive line not knowing is huge because these quarterbacks have different play styles. Like, Ganji will prefer to throw it, but he can run it, while KC will, is a run-heavy guy. How can you perfect a play if you don't know who's, who's throwing the ball? You know, think about it. KC's only only 5'11". You know, his throwing trajectory is going to be slightly different than Ganji's because Ganji's taller. How is your wide receiver? Like, you're not, you need to understand on a certain play where the ball is going to fit in, how are these plays going to be run, and if you keep switching up the Surgeon General for these plays, they're not going to look the same. Yeah, you're right. Um, and wide receivers, you also don't really know like when the ball is going to come because both these quarterbacks have different arm strengths. Different timings. Different timings. And also, you look at it, Ganji's a much smarter player mm-hmm. rather than Cornwall, so he knows whether or not to throw it. We saw Dave, we saw KC throw it into double coverage quite a bit. Yeah, and Ganji doesn't really take those, those types of risks. You'll see Ganji in those situations either throw it away or run out the pocket or, or try to make a, a shorter play. But KC's still that, that young player who's trying to – to do those big plays and try to make a name for himself and be crazy and be, as we've said before, Johnny Manziel out there, you know, and he's not that yet. Ganji's been here. He knows Nevada fans. He, I, I think Ganji's the right choice to be the starter, but I don't think Norvell's given him the, the okay that you're the starter for the rest of the season. As long as you're, you stay healthy, your job is safe, and we're going to work on you and make sure that you're happy, healthy, and productive. And that's... If he does that, if he tells the fans and he tells his quarterbacks that this is the way it's going to go the rest of the year, uh, barring any type of major incidents, right, then the team will be more solid. The team will, will, will be able to practice better. Wide receivers will know, will know what they're doing. Running backs will know what they're doing. The offense will work like a machine. But right now you keep switching out parts, and it, it, the machine's messing up. It's malfunctioning. Yeah, you're right, and we would like to see some consistency on this team. If you look at last year, they had one quarterback until an injury happened. Then they got two. You look at, like, a lot of teams, they do well when they keep the same quarterback. Ganji has put put these team in position the first couple games to win them. The team just didn't execute. So I think that you lead them. We... If Ganji starts all four games, I think we have a shot to be two and two, two and two or three and one, not zero oh and four. If Norvell had kept Ganji in after game after the first two games that we lost, right? Those games are games that we that I predicted we lost because it would take some time to, to work out the kinks, and then he pulls Ganji right as he's about to 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 pop off and be good, and that ruined the momentum for Nevada. I think that. That move right there might have cost Nevada its entire season. There's people that are that are betting right now at tables saying that Nevada's going to go 0-12. And if they do go 0-12, it's that move that caused it. Yeah, you're right. And you look at this, like, 
David Cornwell was the face of the team. He was all plastered on the media guides, the poster schedules. Are was, they are they going to do something for us media? Are they going to change the media guide? I don't I don't know. I feel like that was an incredible injustice to to David Cornwell to make him feel that he was the man to make the 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 fans feel like David I think Cornwell was the every, man and every they never fan, even give him a shot. Every fan thought he was the man. Every everyone thought he was going to be the Messiah. Everyone thought he was going to be the next great thing and I think the rest of the league was was wetting their pants because we have this Alabama quarterback coming into the Mountain West. You have this Alabama quarterback in an air raid style offense. This is something that not a lot of Mountain West teams have. So I think that he we, didn't even get a he didn't get a proper chance of playing. No, we we came into the season looking like a powerhouse, and now we're we're low key the laughing stock of of the Mountain West because we can't even win a game, and our coaches out here. Flip flop between quarterbacks. Whether he's got a, he got his veteran quarterback from last year in the Polian area, and he's got his new guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, you're right. Look, man, we were projected. To, I projected us to go like eight and four. You said now six and six. No, no, I mean like last at the. I, I said six and six this season, this semester. But I remember last last semester we talked about that. We, we thought this team was going to be like the top of the Mountain West, eight and four team, and then we come back here. We watch the team. We see what they are. We 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 came back to reality with our picks, and they're not going to get to six wins. No, they're not. We're already down four. We have to win the majority of the next games. We got to go eight, eight. eight and what two. is no? It's six and two. Oh, six and two. Yeah, six and two in our final eight games to go six and six. And I just don't think it's possible, especially when we play boy at Boise at San Diego. We play Colorado State. We play Air Force. I think by the by the time we hit the easy part of our season, there is gonna, no easy part of the season. We've got San. Well, we play San Jose State. Yeah, but that's games coming. that are San Jose State, UNLV. I think by the time we get th- to those games, we're gonna be so deflated and so unmotivated to play that we're not gonna win those games. That's why I think that we might actually go zero and twelve this season if we don't change something. If if Norvell doesn't step it up and say. This is what we're doing, and this is how we're going to attack the season. He needs a definite plan because that's what we're missing right See, now. There is no easy part of the schedule because, look, this week we got Fresno. Next week we got Hawaii. And then you look at it, we got, we're at Boise, then we come home for San Jose, and then we're at San Diego. Those are, that's an easy game sandwiched between two tough games. So I don't think that this, this schedule is not, not a favorable one for the Wolfpack. Uh-huh. No, it, it's not. We come. This is definitely a, a tough schedule that we're facing off against, and we've already struggled really bad going into the season so far. And I think, and I've and I've said it already before, motivation and momentum are going to be the biggest. Our biggest downfalls come later in the season when we're defeated and defeated and defeated against all these bigger teams, but. Enough talking about down the uh, really far down the line. I want to bring it back to to Washington State for a minute and talk about the defense. And we've been talking a lot about the offense, and I think the offense is the biggest issue that we're having. I mean, the defense didn't play well, but it was against a powerhouse Washington State, so it's understandable. 
you know, but let, 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 let's just go and talk about it. Washington State at 560 total yards, and that's a lot. Yeah, coming into this game, we talked about Washington State. Uh, they had that air raid style offense, which Mike Leach has perfected. The head, Mike Leach is the head coach of Washington State. He's perfected this. And so, along with allowing so many yards to the ground, Nevada just had a hard time wrapping up tackles. Like, we, we watched the highlight tape, and – there were a lot of plays that were thrown behind the line of scrimmage and Nevada just couldn't couldn't tackle and they would pick up 12 15 yards. And so I think that that's one thing that you got to you got to improve on especially as you enter Mountain West play because in the Mountain West there's a lot of great running backs. A lot. And so I think that that's one thing if you want to have success in here, you got to learn how to tackle. Yeah, and we were doing pretty well on ground defense coming up into this game but again it's it's a whole different ball game when you're playing Washington State man it's it's not easy we can look we can look at the quarterback to Luke Falk he, he he picked our defense apart in the air and that's something you would like as a veteran quarterback you would like these quarterbacks to pick apart this defense when we came into the season i thought this game was going to be really close it was going to be a shootout cornwell versus falk i thought like both teams were going to have a thousand plus yard uh, combined a thousand yards by each by the teams, but no, it was a one sided game. The de- the defense honestly looks like it was is still in Reno. Yeah, Luke Falk had went thirty six of forty seven, four hundred and seventy eight yards and five touchdowns. That's a lot. That he he had an incredible game, but his competition wasn't really there. As you said, we we left the defense back in Reno. Um, and I, I think that this it's hard for this team to rally around right now with and I keep coming back to it to Norvell and I think that he is the 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 person that, that's causing this team to fall apart because he's not he's not consistent enough with his coaching and his his decision making and it's really hard as a player, especially young players like college uh, like college athletes, to really Give it their all when they don't actually know what's going on. Yeah, this could be the fact that it's just Jeff Castillo's first first season here in Nevada, and so it takes time. It's a building year for sure. And uh, also, think... you got to look at the recruiting. You also got to recruit people that fit your scheme, and it and the people who stayed here might not have been the best fits for this for this defense. Exactly, exactly. That's why I was mentioning the. Uh, that it is a building year, you know, despite, like, uh, it being a bad season. It, it was understandable. That's why we predicted 6-6, six and six, because we knew that it was going to take some time to get this system down. And you're putting up a good point. You know, these these coaches haven't had a chance to build their team yet, and that's really important. And they're still – and because Polian-era teams are really, really different than Norvell-era teams. Uh, at least that's what he's, like, going for. Um, and – but I, I still stand by my guns in saying that Norvell's got to at least keep the consistency up for not only the fans, but for his players, too. And I think that, too, he, he owes a lot of it to is his team needs to know what they're doing and who's in charge. Look, I think that I think that Norvell has to set the leaders of the team real early in the season, before the season even starts, when, you, when the full team is in there for practice. I think you got to say, here are the team captains. They are staying the same for the entire year. So you get the, you get the vocal guys, and so I think that those guys realize that okay, I'm in charge. I got to lead this team, 
and then the guys who are not a captain, they realize, okay, I got to take a backseat role. I got to, I got to work on my game so I can make an, make an impact. Exactly. And the guys that are the, that are the captains, they know that their job is secure. They, they got to know that, that yes, they're, they're fighting to be better, but they're, le- but they're doing that by le- for, uh, for the purpose of leading by example. Not, not the fact that they're like having a fear for their job all the time. The cycle, Ganji can't be worrying about, am I going to be starting the next week going into a game? He's got to be thinking about how I'm going to play that game instead. You know, I think that he's got too much, too much other stuff on his mind to be worrying, uh, to be worrying about is, does my coach actually like me? Yeah. And I think that like, it's, it's a trust issue. Exactly. I think it is a trust issue. I think that, uh, Norvell hasn't given the trust to any of his teammates, have any of the players yet, and the team is feeling that. And and I think the people that are some of the people that are hurting the most are the fans because we're the ones that are trying to go out there and support our team, but our team aren't isn't supporting themselves, and that's really important. You know, they need to start thinking about themselves and focusing on what makes them a, a healthy, happy, productive team, and so the fans can be engaged and happy and. Have a good time. I don't think there's going to be a lot of fans there at our next game on October 7th against Hawaii. I don't think. If we're 0-5 going into, if we're going 0-5, into a home game, yeah, it's going to be sad. It's going to be a sad turnout. Speaking of the fact that we're currently 0-4, Nevada joins elite company as <laughs> as one of eight teams to, have, to not have a win this year. They join the likes of Baylor, UTEP, UMass, Bowling Green State, Charlotte, Georgia Southern, and Florida State. Florida State's that one outlier because they've only played two games, and one of them was against Alabama. Yeah, you can't even put Florida State in this list. It's not fair. Like It's not fair, but they still don't have a win. Because they only played two games, and they got a hurricane that decimated the their state. So I understand, but let's move on to, to our predictions for this week in the rundown for Fresno State because this is important, you know. As we said, if we don't if we don't win this game, it's going to be a downhill season for us, and it's already we're already on the edge of falling down this hill. So we need to win this conference game against Fresno State. Uh, combined, which is good because they're struggling too. They only have one win this season. Yeah, they beat Incarnate World. That's a D two school. Yeah, I've never even heard of them. Yeah, so they're one and two. They lost. In, they beat Incarnate World. Like they put up sixty six points on them. This was their first game of the season. It was the Derek Carr jersey retirement, and then their their following two games, they were at Alabama, and then they were at Washington. Fresno comes in as ten point favorites, right? It, it, it's it's figured, especially with the state of this Nevada team. Mm-hmm. It's surprising it's not more, but because Fresno's been struggling too, you can't be putting too much pressure on them. But ESPN is saying that that they're eighty six percent favorites, though. That a lot, most people are saying that Fresno State is going to win, and it's looking that way. Um, last year we beat Fresno State though, twenty seven to twenty two, and with this new era of coaching and everything that's going on right now. I don't know if that's really going to work out. Garrett, what are our biggest threats from Fresno State? I think I think one of the biggest threats for this uh, Fresno State team is their quarterback, Chasen Virgil. For the season, he is 48-83, uh, 524 passing yards, three touchdowns, and two picks. Now, granted, he's only played in three games, so that's, that's fairly decent numbers. 
Um, this Fresno State team passes the ball more than they run it. They, they're they averaging 274 passing yards a game while only averaging 125 rushing yards. On the defensive side of the ball, it seems like they also struggle. They struggle with their pass defense, but they don't struggle as much as ours, as our defense does. Which might, but that might be the uh, the in for us because we are air raid. You know, we can if Ganji can come in and hit those seams with Mannix, we might have a chance to win this game. This might be a good shootout. This game could go really well in favor of Nevada or really really bad in favor of Fresno State. And I don't really have any strong predictions other than I think that I personally believe that Nevada is going to lose this game. I think that. The inconsistency is gonna still is gonna get to them in this game, and Ty Ganji not seeing a field in two weeks is really gonna um, crumble us. So ESPN came out today and said that the over under for this game is sixty. So the optimal score for this game would be thirty five for Fresno, twenty five for Nevada. If I was a betting man, I'd pick I'd bet on Nevada because I don't think this is a ten point game. I think Nevada has a shot at winning this. The team's fired up. They realize that it's go time. They have to win now. Yeah. And so I don't. I think that Nevada makes it competitive. I don't know if they win or not. I hope they win, but I think that they make it competitive. It can be. A, it'll probably be under a touchdown, uh, under seven points. But I don't think it reaches that ten and ten and a half point spread. Yeah, I think it's gonna be uh, a close game. It's gonna be a battle for sure if Nevada can can keep its composure. Um, and that scared a nice predictions for Fresno State. But we both, at the beginning of the season, we both predicted that Nevada was going to beat Fresno. Mm-hmm. But now my predictions are all are all off because I don't really trust this coaching staff anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be vocal about it from here on out. Um, next, after after Fresno State, I want to talk about um, some other smaller sports. Volleyball. Uh, they're on a two-game win streak. They are holding Woo-hoo. up. They're holding up Nevada's winning record as a whole right now with three wins. Yeah. So they uh, Nevada started conference play last week and they beat San Jose State three sets to one and they beat Air Force three zero. The team might not have a winning record, but they're, they're tied for first in the Mountain West. Uh, their next game will be today, at, and when they travel to Fresno. So volleyball, it's good to see volleyball finally on a winning streak. They get momentum back, and they're beating because they played some tough competition in their non-conference schedule. So it's great to see them finally winning again. Last year, Nevada did so well, and it's it's such a weird thing to see them not perform. Yeah, so I think volleyball might be in a good position now. I mean, they struggled early on, but one more quick thing I want to mention: soccer. They are one and nine. Uh, they're on an eight-game losing streak, only one goal in the last eight games. So they're struggling really, really bad. They only have four goals all season, and the team is so desperate. They have been holding open tryouts, started yesterday, and they're finishing up today. So if you're a former women's soccer player in high school or you want to get out there and help out your school, go out to tryouts today, go try it out, go talk to the coach, Go on uh, NevadaWolfpack.com. They have articles on there. Look it up. Go in and and try out and see if we can change this record. We'll be talking about you guys. I want I want to know if Nevada soccer can can make a difference with bringing in some new faces this late in the season. Uh, 
But anyway, that's the end of our show. Thanks for tuning in to Pack Center. Again, I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with Garrett Hirschberg. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at PackCenterNV and a like on Facebook for all your Nevada athletic news and updates from the Reynolds School of Journalism. Go Wolf Pack! We're